listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. Podcasting to you from a balmy central Oklahoma, where I am excited to see another year and get 2021 behind us. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Gilkenny. And from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where I'm getting ready for 2020 Part 2, also known as 2022, I'm Andrew Hoffman. 2020 part two. All right, there we go. So let's get let's get going. Let's uh, let everybody know. Here's what we're gonna do. Back in the day, way back in the day, we used to do a year end review show, and then we'd make predictions for the upcoming year. We even got James Corbett to do one of those shows with us back in like 2012, I think. Um, but uh, we're going back to our roots, and we're gonna do that almost kind of a la New World next year uh, kind of format. We're going to do three stories. You do one, I'll do one, you do one, you, I'll do one. We're, gonna do, we're all going to talk about our three biggest stories from the last year, what we thought was important. And then we'll take a quick break, thank some producers, get into uh, predictions for next year. But uh, first off, I just wanted to uh, wish you a happy new year, Andrew. Well, thank you, Tim. Let's see if I can show this here. Is it lower? Mm-hmm. There we go. Well, there you go, man. I mean, it's been it's been a really stressful year, <laughs> but we made it through. I mean, we made some crazy big life changes on our end, and I know people out there did too. So, happy New Year, buddy! Congratulations, you made it through. Uh, it's been it's been it's been something, hasn't it? It has. I did. I'd have to say. T- 2021's been better than 2020, though. Yeah, I I think in some ways, but in, yeah, I don't know. In some ways, it hasn't been. So maybe we should get into it, and then we can wish each other a happy New Year at the end with the little music bed that we had there. So do you want to go first, or you want me to go first? No, you can go first. All right. In what I think was one of the biggest stories of 2021. And it was way, way back, almost a full year ago. And that is um, the whole GameStop shenanigans. And I think this was a huge story. I think it was one of the top three stories, not just because of GameStop, but because of what the GameStop situation exposed. I have a uh, kind of a blog slash Reddit post in here that I had put that I was going to read. It's just it's got a few bullet points that kind of covers some of the stuff that um, I wanted to kind of talk about. And I think I'll just read that real quick and then we'll talk about it. But it's not so much the whole GameStop thing and people buying stock and hoping to bankrupt the hedge funds and all that because well, that's all well and good, and I'd be happy if that happened. I think what it did was it really opened a lot of people's eyes to just 
how corrupted and fatally flawed our system really is of finance. And I think this is one of the big stories of 2021 because it marks the, I hate to say the words impending doom, <laughs> but just the impending demise of possibly the, the American dollar, but more likely the, uh, the New York stock exchange system, you know, this whole, this whole thing, this whole economy could just come crashing down and it's, it, it really is teetering on the edge of some just carelessness that's been kind of compounded ever since 2008. Since, you know, 2008, when we figured out what <laughs> happened, we put everybody in jail and made sure that none of that stuff could happen again, right? Oh, wait. No. Oh. Okay. So this is titled, How 2008 is Repeating at a Much Greater Magnitude and COVID Has Ignited the Fuse. GameStop is not the reason for the market crash, but it was a fatal flaw of Wall Street that showed their infinite money cheat, and they did not expect that. Um, just a couple quick bullet points. The market crash of 2008 never finished. It was just can kicked, and the same people who caused the crash have still been running rampant doing the same uh, stuff in the, in the derivatives market. As that market continues to be unregulated, they're profiting off of short-term gains at the risk of killing their institutions and potentially the global economy. Only this time, it is much, much worse. The bankers abused smaller amounts of leverage for the 2008 bubble and have since abused much higher amounts of leverage, creating an even larger speculative bubble. Not just in the stock market and derivatives market, but now also the crypto market, with upwards of 100 times leverage. COVID came in and rocked the economy to the point where the Fed is now pinned between a rock and a hard place. In order to buy more time, the government tricked, or excuse me, the government triggered a flurry of protective measures, such as mortgage forbearance expiring at the end of, well, it's already expired, obviously, uh, SLR exemptions, uh, which expired earlier this year, and the market was going to crash regardless. GameStop was never the reason for the market crashing. Uh, COVID was used as the excuse. The rich made their fatal error in a way overshorting in in way overshorting stocks. There is a potential for their decades of sucking money out of taxpayers to be taken back. The derivative market is potentially a one quadrillion dollar market. Meme prices are not meme prices. There is so much money in the world and you are just not accustomed to thinking so unreasonably high. The DTC, ICC, and OCC have been passing rules and regulations, auction and wind-down plans, so that they can easily eat up competition and consolidate power again, just like they did in 2008. The people in charge, including Gary Gensler of the SEC, are not your friends. The DTC, ICC, and OCC are passing rules to make sure that retail will never be able to do this again, as far as GameStop is concerned. These rules are for the future market, uh, in the post-market crash, and they never want every, anyone to ever have a chance of taking their game away from them again. These rules are not to start the mother of all short squeezes. They are indirectly regulating retail so that a short squeeze condition can never occur after GameStop. The COVID pandemic exposed a lot of banks through supplementary leverage ratio, the SLRs, where mass borrowing so, uh, or leverage almost made banks default. Banks have account blocks on the Fed's balance sheet, which holds their treasuries and deposit. The SLR exemption made it so that these treasuries and deposits of the bank accounts on the Fed's balance sheet were not calculated into the SLR, which allowed them to boost their SLR until March 31st, 2021 to avoid defaulting. 
Now they must exact treasuries from the Fed in the reverse repo market to avoid defaulting from SLR requirements. This results in the reverse repo market explosion as they are scrambling to survive due to their own mass leverage. This is not retail versus Melvin or retail versus Citadel issue. This is a retail versus mega banks issue. The rich, and I mean all of Wall Street, are trying desperately to shut the GameStop thing down because it had the chance to suck trillions of dollars out of the game that they've played for decades. They've rigged this game since the 90s when the derivatives were first introduced. Do you really think they, including the Fed, won't pull out all the stops to try and get you to sell? And this thing, this article goes on and on and on and gets very, very technical. But what I will say is kind of the the key takeaway I wanted to point out is the reverse repo market continues to be it, it just like I, we're over a tr- like a trillion dollars in the reverse repo where the treasuries are buying up stocks to kind of keep them up uh, artificially high. And it, it just shows that it, it's all a scam, man. And I know that we know that on a very real level. We've always kind of known that. But it shows that even if you play the game, even if you do you get some stocks and you invest in them and you're trying to move forward, uh, they can defraud you of your money super quick. Uh, depending on what app you're using or what, you know, even brokerage you're using. Um, But really the whole thing is kind of propped up by this kind of fake uh, reverse repo market with the SLRs and the feds, you know, buying up everything and BlackRock kind of supplementing the income. And it's just, just, it's just a house of cards and it could come down at any moment. And I think that is one of the biggest things that I learned in 2021 and everybody kind of feels it. Everybody, you know, people are talking, when's the market going to crash? When's the market? Because it's the writing is kind of on the wall now. It's just how long will the game keep going? Uh, inflation, I don't think, helps it. But uh, this whole reverse repo market situation continues to just be uh, out of control, so to speak. Well, and there's there's never been as clear of a disconnect between Wall Street and the actual economy. Yes, I agree with that. I mean, you you know, there's people can't hire workers. <laughs> Businesses or retail is getting uh, the, the process that was already happening, which was Amazon and Walmart taking over everything has accelerated, you know, tenfold probably during COVID and so you've got all these businesses that are struggling, and yet Wall Street is is booming. And you've got these companies that are doing the booming. Either you know they're they're the winners, the designated winners like Amazon, or just these bogus uh, you know government connected frauds like Moderna mm-hmm. and BlackRock. You know zero. FDA-approved products and, you know, I don't know, billions of stock market value earned in the last year. So there's the connection between the financial system that you're talking about and the, um, you know, medical pharma system that I'll talk about. It's definitely there. I mean, there's we're not talking about two totally separate independent no, things. Very true. There's a lot of lot of overlap. Absolutely, especially when you get into the large amount of money that you're probably going to talk about that the, they made uh, just this year. So, 
And then I guess I'll wrap it up by saying that the uh, reverse repo market update looks like they spent $1,696 billion on the reverse repo market today. Oh, just today. (laughs) Just today. (laughs) So weekly average is right around there. It's gone up and down. I think all-time high. Yeah. Do you want to explain what that means a little bit? Well – I, I, I'm, I'm actually having problems understanding um, what it means, but I got this video. And let's start with a definition of repo and reverse repo. This is what a repo transaction looks like, and it's short for the phrase sale and repurchase. Usually these are overnight sale and repurchase agreements. And in this transaction, you can see Big Bank above me here, and they're going to sell some of their treasuries, which they hold on their balance sheet, to the Federal Reserve. Then the Federal Reserve receives the treasuries onto its balance sheet and it gives cash in return. So the net effect of this repo transaction is to take treasuries off the balance sheet of the bank and to inject cash into that bank's balance sheet. So repo transactions are a way for the Fed to inject money or liquidity into the banking system. Now usually that's in the hope that the bank will then lend that money out to the real economy and then hopefully that will stimulate economic activity. Now, as you might guess from the name, reverse repo is exactly the same as repo, but just the other way around. So now what happens is that the Federal Reserve takes some of its treasuries, which are on its balance sheet, and sells them to Big Bank. Big Bank takes those treasuries onto its balance sheet and hands over cash to the Federal Reserve. So this has the opposite effect, which is to drain liquidity out of the banking system. But of course, the other effect is that Big Bank now has treasuries, whereas before it had cash. So just bear in mind that the Fed has a huge amount of treasuries on its balance sheet and reverse repo is a way for counterparties to get their hands on those treasuries. All right. So, yeah, that, that that's kind of where we are. All right. So, so what do you got for us? So my, I guess, number three story of the year, and Ooh. I did a little a little bit different. You're doing a countdown? Gosh, I should have done a countdown. Well, All right, that was three. That was so yeah, that, that was, was my number three. Okay. That, that makes sense. I can reverse my other two. Okay. So the number three is just a general statement of the bioweapon slash poison attack intensifies. And also the intentionality of it becomes much more clear. And... I've got a clip there if you want to pull up because we're we're going to start it at the two minute and twelve second mark. Um, so there's, you know, I mean, so many layers, and we we've gone through a lot of them here. Other people have done even more in depth research on. You dig through, kind of the oh, it came from bats lie, and then it's oh no, it came from a bioweapons lab, but then there's layer after layer of lie upon lie. And one thing that's come from this is kind of had to come to terms with that there there really is no one in politics on our side at this point. Uh, people had, you know, put a lot of faith in Trump. And this clip that I, I wanted to play um from Dr. David Martin, who's one of the uh, 
anti-germ theory guys. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, I, I thought this was good. He makes some good points on like, is Trump, you know, are we supposed to believe at the same time that this was 4D chess and he's really, you know, got all these good reasons for what he does or is he in on it and mm-hmm. he's going to make the case uh, that he's in on it. So okay. we'll go ahead and play that and then we'll we'll talk about it afterwards. Well, he received in the fall of 2019, he received a very, very clear statement drafted by yours truly. He is Trump, by the way. Well, he, he received in the fall of 2019, he received a very, very clear statement drafted by yours truly that actually said, if you want to have a chance at winning the election, you have to stop supporting the coup attempt. I mean, that letter is a letter that I wrote, and I know that it was requested by a member of his family, delivered to him. I know he knew it. And my point was, if you want to win the election, what you need to do is actually point to the short guy that's in front of you in this podium and go, by the way, this domestic terrorist is the reason why we almost lost our country, and I'm holding this domestic terrorist accountable. Now, the convenient thing is it would have been very easy to have Secret Service or the FBI there and arrest him and cuff him, and we would have been out of this nonsense a long time ago. But for reasons that can only be described as patronage, because it turns out that it is bad, bad, bad for business. If you're going into an elected position, it's bad for business to be on the wrong side of the drug dealers. Because let's face it, drug dealers are the largest endorser of political campaigns in America. Biggest lobbyers by almost double, but twice the oil and gas. By close to triple, by close to triple now. So so the fact of the matter is, if you hold the drug dealers accountable, they hold you accountable and you don't get elected. And that has got to stop because Trump's morality was for sale for 30 pieces of silver. And he has sold American lives to the drug dealers. Yeah, that's a heavy it's a heavy thing to to even explore. I mean, now, do you think that there could have been any kind of NDA or something that would have stopped him from speaking in a certain way about what's happening with these vaccines? You know, I try as best I can to stick with the evidence that I have in my possession. What I do know is that on the 19th of September, when he signed, uh, 2019, when he signed the executive order that included the mandate for vaccines that included um, a you know recombinant technology, re- recombinant gene technology. In September of 2019, Seth, there was not a single reason for that to be an executive order. There's a lot of things wrong. Remember that during that period of time, we did have, an, have another emergency use authorization going on. And people forget this. We had another EUA, and that EUA was on the opioid crisis. Now, it turns out, that the same people who were making billions of dollars getting people addicted and killed by opioids held the patents. Listen to what I'm saying. They held the patents on a non-addictive formula so that no one could make the non-addicted formula. Gosh. That's a live EUA that was live in September of 2019. 
if the president was caring about humanity, he could have made an emergency use authorization to force the production of non-addicting opioids because that information was known by the government. That information was known by the media and not a single person was taking action on that. But instead on September 19th, he signs an executive order that mandates a vaccine urgent platform. In September of 2019, there was nothing on the horizon in September of 2019. And the only reason that executive order was put on his desk is someone paid him to sign it. Gosh. So do you think, and and this is an understanding where Trump was at with all this, and he, he talked a lot about the invisible enemy yeah. that he's up against. And do you think that there, there, he is in some ways trying to fight up against this cabal, this, you know, the, the corporatocracy that's ruling the, the, the world? Do you think that he's still trying within the limited means that he has within the bounds of this war to fight to save potentially a lot more deaths in the future? You know, um, I know that that was certainly uh, the position that I aspired to hold. And if that sounds like it's watered down, it is. I, I wanted this to be an answerable in maybe there's a multi-level chessboard and this is a move on one level to save a move on the other level. But here's the problem with that story. The problem with that story is what has happened to the military. You do not allow the Department of Defense to issue a self-inflicted harm order to the Department of Defense, where you take military men and women, people who are trained, advanced fighting forces, Navy SEALs, special forces, you know, special air wings in the Air Force. You do not take our best defense and sideline them by forcing them to take a kill shot. You do not do that if you're playing for the same team. You would never do anything. And by the way, the the current secretary of defense is a traitor and we need to call it what it is you do not weaken your own army so that a foreign party can take advantage of that weakness we have fewer special forces we have fewer marines we have fewer defensive postures than we had six months ago and eight months ago and we did it for what we did it because we were trying to force people to take a jab that would ultimately harm their their fighting force readiness. I wrote a piece for the Department of Defense and it was circulated internally, which actually suggested that in addition to the vaccine injury question, which is actually a very significant problem, we were doing what was called battlefield softening. In other words, we were self-inflicting onto our defense forces a means by which fewer of them could potentially rise to the defense of this country. And we did that intentionally. And no empire in human history has survived an internal military fighting force softening. And we did it to ourselves. So this is not something I can look at and just kind of innocently go, well, it's just an error in judgment and there's a chessboard play that there's, listen, This is corruption at its core. This is evil at its core. And we, the people, have to be able to actually call it what it is. Yep. Go ahead and stop over there. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so that he's mentioning the executive order in September 2019. Which Do is you the, know? Which is, by the way, just to this that's the gal you found. Remember the gal you found a couple of weeks ago, and you brought the, her clip to the show where she's ranting and raving about vaccine mandates in September of 2019. Remember that? Or the well, not vaccine mandates, but but building the yeah. Yeah, the gal who's yeah, that that's why she's like they're going to release a pandemic. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um okay, do you know what else happened in September 2019, Tim? I turned 39. <laughs> okay. Not believe it or not, not uh, what I was thinking of. Okay. What I was thinking of is the Gates Foundation made a $55 million pre-IPO equity investment in BioNTech, uh, a company that had never brought a single product to market, kind of like Moderna. And that $55 million investment uh, became worth $1.1 billion after Robert uh, Cadillac, who Trump put in charge of warp speed, ordered 100 million doses from them. So just, you know, just lucky timing. <laughs> you know, the the month before. Wow. And <clears throat> that comes from the real Anthony Fauci uh, book from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I've been talking about it for a couple weeks now, and I mean, <laughs> so I'm I'm almost done. I've got like 20 pages left, but he goes through all the uh, like the war games, the pandemic, some that I'd heard of like Spars, some that I hadn't heard of like Mars, um, and and shows the connections of like you know this is how the system works. They this is how they train people. And how all these politicians in all these countries knew exactly what to do because they had been trained that this bad pandemic's coming and here's what you do. Lockdown and vaccines. Lockdown and vaccines. So, <laughs> you know, when you, when you start asking questions about how did they know it was coming – because they were predict Bill Gates was predicting it, Fauci was predicting it, and it's they made it, and they made the you know the bioweapon, they made the uh, they make the poisons, and if you go back, you know one of the failures of Fauci in some of his other attempted pandemics, and there have been many. Uh, was not enough dead people. So the way they the way they got the death count rolling uh, was by you know kind of the the five G poisoning and what have you, but also the treatment protocol um, that ruled remdesivir as as standard of care, meaning right. that. You can't sue a hospital for giving it to you because it's the CDC's standard of care. And that's pretty much the only thing 
that they put as standard of care. So hospitals were in a situation where if they did anything other than remdesivir, they're liable. And they're not liable for remdesivir. And they get a 20% boost on the overall hospital bill. If you prescribed remdesivir during the patient's stay, 20% increase over the whole bill. Goodness gracious. And, you know, this is a, a Fauci Gates drug. And so, you know, just a few Fauci uh, pandemics and attempted pandemics, uh, HIV AIDS, that's kind of the original, 1983, SARS, 2003, MERS, 2014, bird flu, 2005, swine flu, 2009, dengue fever, 2012, Ebola, 2014 to 2016, Zika, 2015, Zika, Zika, to, Zika. 2015 to 2016, and COVID in 2020. Zika, just as an aside, and I think we... We uh, may have actually covered this on our, our podcast, but I had forgotten about it. So the Zika virus has been around a long time, you know, and never caused any microencephalopathy or however you say it. Uh, the small heads, right? The tiny heads. It's, Women are giving birth to children with small heads. It must be Zika coming to the U.S. And which is strange because people have been getting Zika for, you know, decades, and it had never been an issue before. But they had rolled out an experimental vaccine in Brazil the year before and that year when the small head epidemic popped up. But it, it couldn't have been the vaccine causing the small heads. No, that was, we had to blame it on a, a virus. So. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so story number three, kind of the, I guess the downer, uh, just the general poisoning and bioweapon, but also the clarity on the intentionality of everything that happened. I like it. I like it. Something to keep an eye on. Are they going to force him to retire? What is... I've been seeing some chatter about his retirement package, what it's going to look <laughs> like and, and whatnot. Maybe they're going to force him in retirement because of this book or what, what do you think? No, no. <clears throat> it's either he's either going to jail or he will continue on. <laughs> and you'll be crazy if you doubt him. And Well, I mean, somebody made this point. It's kind of a, a meme. Well, well, he if you if you dissect what he says in response to retirement, he's waiting until after the pandemic. He's got to oh. get us through this. Well, and, and another thing about that, uh, you know, in response to, you know, everything that's going on, he also said that RFK Jr. is uh, mentally disturbed. Oh yeah, mentally attacked, disturbed. Attacked his character. Uh, but doesn't really refute all of the litany of, of claims that are within the book, which you know better than I do. But uh, if they weren't true. Yeah, why aren't you suing him for libel? 
Where's the libel lawsuit? Are are you not a mass murderer? If Mm. you're not a mass murderer, then you have a case for a libel lawsuit. Yeah. So um, specifically the 25 orphans. Uh, Oh, it's more, it was more than 25. Okay. So it's, uh, well, you know, it's the 300,000 plus AIDS patients murdered Mm -hmm. by AZT Mm -hmm. uh, or well, HIV positive people, which Mm in, you know, we know the PCR, many of those people had nothing wrong with them, but we're told, oh yeah, you should get on AZT because you're HIV positive, which is, you know, you better start treating it now. And they went from healthy to in the hospital and dead in months. Wow. Uh, which of course was, was blamed on AIDS, not blamed on AZT, just like, because the, the symptoms of AZT uh, or the side effects, I guess you could say, just happened to be mimicking late stage AIDS. So, oh, we can't tell the difference. It must have been the AIDS. It can't be the treatment. Just like remdesivir, its side effects uh, mimic what was supposedly caused by COVID, except for uh, the kidney failure deal. That is only remdesivir. There's no evidence that COVID causes kidney failure, but remdesivir does. So if that's kind of the smoking gun on remdesivir, but uh, anyone, you know, killed in the hospital where they said it was COVID, but they had kidney failure. That was, that was remdesivir. Um, anyway, don't want to take us off track there, but. Oh yeah, no, I was about to take us way off track. Uh, easy E. No, no. Easy E, one of the original gangster rappers from the late 1980s. Uh, it's kind of a fairly, I'll have to look into it, but he, he, he dies of AIDS pretty quickly and young in the hospital. And it just makes me think that, uh, maybe he was killed by AZT. Well, everyone who in the U S who died of AIDS, uh, I, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't say everyone, but Mm -hmm. everyone, uh, AZT treatment. Yeah, there's a famous quote. He got hospitalized in Ice Cube, like, uh, I don't know. I'll have to look into it, but it's just interesting. I'm, I'm suddenly very suspect of everybody who died of, of AIDS. <laughs> well, and the, um, so the guy who invented AZT, he, you know, he invents it and he tries it out on some mice and it, kills the mice right didn't didn't this was covered in the book and in the interview with corbett the way they kept him alive was putting everybody on dialysis well for the blood transfusions this is the blood transfusions for the study that's how they kept enough people alive um but this is the guy who invented it right Okay. okay so he throws it on the proverbial scrap heap. It's like, Oh, that didn't work. Doesn't even bother patenting it. And that's when, you know, Fauci comes and (laughs) picks it up later. 
So it's the guy who invented it knew it was totally toxic and didn't work. You know, it just goes in there and destroys random DNA. But I mean, it could That's, destroy the bad DNA, right? Yeah. And it can, you know, <laughs> just like, just like chemo just kills everything. So what you're telling me is that with all the advances in technology and, you know, as Christians, we believe the world is accelerating into decay because of sin, whereas the humanists believe that it's accelerating into a utopia because, because, uh, you know, evolution and things only get better. Uh, right. The, well, and that's kind of a new age thing, too. Yeah. But what you're Great enlightenment, what you're saying to me is that with all these advances in technology and medical breakthroughs, we still are bloodletting and <laughs> yeah, and, and put throwing leeches on. <laughs> yeah. It? Yeah. Was like I, I sent you the meme there of the, uh, <laughs> the first two leeches aren't working. We must add a booster leech. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good stuff. Should we move on? Move on. Well, to the I, next, yeah. Next story. Okay. Yeah. I was, I know how we got off on that tangent. I was going through the, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was going through the Fauci yeah, yeah. death count. Mm-hmm. So also all the anthrax vaccine, that was Fauci pushing that too. He wanted mm. that for everybody, not just the military. It ended up just causing the, uh, the Gulf war syndrome deal. You know, still can't, still can't believe I dodged that one. Yeah. Just yeah. By the skin, skin <laughs> of my teeth too, man. Just, yeah. Good, good instincts. Good old fashioned. I don't don't think I'm going to get that. Yeah. After after having taken all the other crap they gave me. Yeah. Well, they, uh, Fauci and company at one point, uh, because of the anthrax scare, uh, tried to get a proposal through that would have developed 75 vaccines, presumably for every like bioweapon attack that could be out there that would be given to every everybody in the military that's what they wanted to do so yeah the the anthrax vaccine it's a that stories in itself but uh yeah you've got the the orphans that the you know oh hiv positive let's put them on azt oh they don't want to take the drugs let's uh let's you know, jab a tube into their stomach and give it to them that way. He killed dozens and dozens of kids. There's a mass grave with uh, close to 100 coffins and multiple bodies per coffin in in New York. Mm. So the, I mean, it's just amazing that this guy is is still in power. But if you, you know. He's not going to give up the power easily. The The only reason and the reason he can't like just kind of retire is because everything is based on fear of Fauci. So it's kind of like King Lear, you know, King Lear thinks like, ah, oh, I'll just stop being king and I can still have all the good parts of being king and have more time on my hands. And it doesn't work out that way. Right. And Fauci, I think, knows that the second he steps down, the knives come out and he's no longer, you know, once, once the entire NAID doesn't fear him, he's in trouble. 
Interesting. Interesting. Well, that, that, that's a doozy. That was your first story, and it is the basically to summarize. It's, <laughs> it's just that Fauci is. We're in this until until Fauci's gone. Oh well, I mean, it goes much deeper than Fauci. He's kind of the. He's more than a figurehead, though. He's a he's a manager. Okay. But uh, this, I mean, the system's like beyond gone. It's not a corrupt system that's still functioning. It is all corruption, no function. Okay. You know, it's just pharma will FDA approve anything they want and keep anything they don't want non FDA approved. Well, I think Pfizer over the last two years has made $160 billion. So. I don't know why everybody thinks that's an excuse for them to do what they're doing. Cause I don't know if you know, but Andrew, you can get the vaccine for free. So it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not really about the money. And they what's the Pfizer commercial about getting back to normal or I don't I don't know. Yeah. Let's all get back to normal. All right. Let's, let's move on. This show is going to, let's go, go to, to your second story. Number two, drum roll, please. And my number two story is Facebook and Instagram were down for six hours after whistleblower went public. Uh, original story as follows. No, it's not just your Internet connection. Facebook and, in, and Instagram are indeed facing widespread outages. The downtime isn't only affecting the social network and the voting, photo sharing service, but users are experiencing issues with the company's other platforms like WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger as well, according to Down Detector. Workplace, Facebook's internet communication platform, is affected by the downtime as well. Facebook employees told the New York Times that it was difficult to get work done in the company without Workplace, equating to a equating today to a snow day. These outages came just one day after a bombshell, 60 minutes, blah, blah, blah. That's not the point. The hashtags uh, Facebook down and Instagram down are currently trending on Twitter. Mashable will update this piece with a response from Facebook. Um, if and then update if you can still believe it Facebook and its various platforms are still down uh, the organization which monitors online rights and internet governance estimates that the global economy suffers 160 million dollars in losses for each hour that Facebook Instagram and WhatsApp are down Mark Zuckerberg reports that he lost seven billion dollars due to a sell-off on the stock market due to the outage if you've come across blah 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 just keeps going and going. So we all remember this story. We all remember this day, right? Facebook mm-hmm. gone. There's six hours. Obviously, that is a big story. Why do I think it's one of the top three stories of the year? Because of the implications. Ever since this whole thing started back in March of 2020, the whole COVID situation, one of the first things that you and I would talk about, and I, I, I kind of posited to you, is this is all a dry run. They're they're getting it. They're, somebody is collecting massive amounts of information and trying to figure out how best to do to carry out their plan in the future. I think this was a dry run for taking in, uh, sites off the Internet and see how the people would react. Uh, Zucker, Zuck, Zuckerberg was in on it. Uh, he knew what was going to happen. They made it into something about this fake whistleblower who comes out, blows the whistle, and is before Congress and then in the UK before Parliament within like days. 
supposed whistleblower uh, yeah. who, who just appears out of nowhere. In uh, anyway, uh, th- that whole spook. thing I think is yeah, spook. She's <laughs> definitely a spook. I think she's a double agent for sure. And that whole thing is just the window dressing on the real picture, which is what happens when they remove stuff off the internet or remove the internet in general. And I have to tell you, as if someone who never even goes on Facebook, I it was still eerie, right? Like it was still weird. Like people were like, "Can you believe Facebook's still down?" What? And I was even like talking to my wife, and she's like, "Yeah, it's still like nothing works." I don't know. And it still had this very eerie uh, feeling to it, which I thought was noteworthy. And I think while they may be collecting, they the powers that be, powers that shouldn't be maybe collecting information on what it looks like when different uh, websites go down. I think they're also kind of furthering their trauma based mind control. And I think that that we may have that like, sort oh, of, don't you need it? You need yes, this. <laughs> yes. And I think we may have a little bit more of that sort of thing coming up in our, in our future, but I think we'll get more into that when we talk about our predictions for next year. So my number two story, simple and sweet Facebook goes down for six hours and essentially there was never really an explanation, was there? Some code no. got messed yeah. up or something. Well, they, but like they, DNS routes were they gone. They deleted I mean, it was, the yeah. DNS routes so mm-hmm. you couldn't get to Facebook. Yep. And that, my friends, is exactly what Chris White talked about last time he was on our show. Is that if they start deleting the uh, DNS routes to websites, then you'll never, you know, mm-hmm. that, that could essentially eliminate the internet and guess who's in control of that the united states government no no They're, no they used to be oh now it's the un no yeah we talked about that on our podcast okay the whole i can oh that's registry right. thing yeah now transferred to the un yeah and they, and that, they have taken they did it to uh, they did some stuff to Gab, and this is, you know, the deleting apps from the App Store, delete, you know, just all sorts of stuff. The Amazon outage. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, there's the, been there's the, been the colonial the, pipeline deal. Yeah, I you think know? The, yeah, no, there's been nothing, and that's one of the things that James talked about on New World next year. He talked about these things. Mm-hmm. I just thought the Facebook one was more noteworthy in that it really kind of it wasn't like some. Oh, I think their Apache servers somewhere have this thing. It wasn't hard to understand. It was basically that big website, you know, arguably the biggest in the world. It's gone right now for mm-hmm. six hours. And I think that's uh, it actually kind of ties into an Alex Jones clip, if you'll indulge me. Sure. Which is a story we covered years ago about the Internet kill switch. The globalists have said in their white papers, in their own UN documents, that they want to create race-specific bioweapons and other systems to depopulate the planet. A lot of this, from my sources, is that they're preparing to release bioweapons, claim that they're naturally uh, occurring, and then use that as the cover for civil emergency, societal control, crackdowns on free speech. Obama put the internet kill switch in five years ago, and when he got confronted by it by Congress, he said, well, it's in case the bird flu or SARS gets out. Just type that in. CDC says internet kill switch is in case bird flu or SARS breaks out and they have to control panic and direct every website in the U.S. 
to one government announcement. And we looked at every angle and believe a bioweapon release could be the thing they'd release to bring in a world government to counter a global problem. And the U.N. has said that a global pandemic is the only thing that may save their world government. It's just a crazy kook, right? <laughs> this is long before the COVID pandemic. But interesting oh, yeah. to think that not only can Facebook disappear, but that they have an internet kill switch, which is a story we talked about years ago that Barack, mm-hmm. was developed under Barack Obama. And the reason is in case a, a deadly bird flu gets out. So I think there's more of this internet is gone. I just chose the Facebook story out of the litany mm-hmm. of stories this year to cover. Or the... Yeah. Or we can take out pieces of the internet, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or, Web- you know. Websites are gone. Completely. So the the control over content is definitely in in full swing. Uh, you know, there's side note. You hear that uh, the inventor of mRNA Robert is Malone? Yes. Robert Malone has been kicked off Twitter, and he should be on Joe Rogan today, I believe. So <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. But maybe maybe Spotify paid Twitter a little back room, like, hey, let's get some ad, <laughs> let's get some ad, let's get some views on this. <laughs> Some, get some hype. Yeah, delete the account real quick. Just, like, actually, it's suspend. He's just suspended. Just suspended. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that's my story number two. What if different parts of the internet just disappear? Yeah. Well, and I guess uh, correlation to that, and just a, a couple more things. You know, Klaus Schwab is telling us cyber pandemic. Sure. Yep. And this was... You referenced the James Corbett and James Evan Pilato's New World Next Year, and this was James's prediction: was the the 2022 would be the year of the I don't want to get it wrong, but basically the cyber pandemic year. You know, the this is where they something big is going to happen, whether it's in the financial system, because there have been drills for that. Also, mm-hmm. uh, I think we talked about that with <laughs> like, hey, what ha- what would happen if the financial system, you know, got taken over by malware, or ransomware? Time which, for a great reset. Which, yeah, which in reference to my first story is if the if they can't get the uh, genie back in the bottle, they have to create a reason for mm-hmm. the crash to control the, imp- the, the implosion. So for for my second story, uh, I put and I don't I don't have a clip for this one, uh, but the the spell is broken, and the spell I'm talking about is the mass media spell. Okay. And this is, I think it was broken um, because of. Uh, because of the way they went after Trump, I think that broke some of the norms and illusions of kind of a somewhat independent media. You know, I think that was a piece of it. Um, and then the COVID stuff where you've got these Hollywood big shots sitting in their kitchens on lousy Zoom chat. As as your you know primetime right, yeah, yeah. program, sure, sure. I think it it broke stuff. People are like, I don't need that. 
Yeah. Why yeah. am I why am I paying a hundred bucks a month to to watch that? Yeah. Because yep. people hate me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and if I and if I really wanted to watch two people in their kitchen rambling about stuff that they don't actually know about, I could just tune into Revelations Radio News. Yeah. For free. For free. No video though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So related to the the spell being broken of the mass media, um, even through or in some ways because of the censorship on YouTube and kind of the other like, hey, here's what you're supposed to do when you you know you want to get your voice out there and make YouTube videos, be on Facebook, be on you know all this stuff we were pointed into, and places where you know Chris White and James Corbett for years have said, <laughs> you know, make your own thing, don't uh, don't expect to always be allowed on those platforms. Um, so. Along with that, there's the the rise of Substack and stuff like that, where it's sure. like, you know, legit writers and researchers, Alex Berenson, uh, Steve Kirsch, what have you, now can go directly to people through Substack. And I'm not I'm not saying Substack will never go away. That's not what I'm saying. It's just the that's all you need is like the email distribution. And like, here's what I researched. Uh, look it up. If you if you support it, pay me a few bucks. And it's a, a much more honest delivery system uh, without the ads. You know, as No Agenda has been pushing for over a decade. Value for value, direct to you know, the work is the product, not the watcher being the product for the advertiser so and substack by the way i don't know if you noticed this but you know that you can get podcasts on substack yeah i mean it's <laughs> it's almost becoming a kind of a running joke like everyone's got a substack but you know i think it's a good overall a good thing would it be better if everyone had their own website yes but most people don't have that kind of technical capability. And if you're going through, oh, who are the who are the website template people? I don't know. Squarespace? Squarespace. Uh, WordPress. WordPress. There's sensors, you know, they can screw with your stuff too. So if you're not actually truly doing your own website then there's you know i would think substack probably be the way to go but yeah yeah no i agree well very cool so your second story is the spell has been broken and the media is finding alternative alternative medias on the rise yeah the the mass media now they're you know they're not going down without a fight um and during this time period, they're even more reliant on, you know, the Gates Foundation funding and government funding for vaccine, you know, to promote vaccines and these corporations that are all in on the deal. But if no one watches, you know, the, the power goes away. 
And eventually it's going to be like, why are we spending advertising money to promote sure. a message to no one? You so know. when you say media, do you mean like movies, everything? Because I, I hate to bring a counterpoint to your story, but uh, the new Spider-Man No, we, no Way Home is up to $1.16 billion worldwide <laughs> this month. In Yeah, for box office stuff, which, you know, the... I guess in some ways it's a counterpoint. In other ways, it's also a sign that people are done with the pandemic. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I don't yeah, think I'm going to go to the movies. You know, it's, I thought you weren't supposed to go to the movies in the middle of Omicron. Right. Well, and I went actually went and saw this movie. I had a family member who really wanted to see it, so I went and, and saw it. It's a, it's it's not great. It's not bad. It's a it's a good it's like a popcorn movie. What I call a popcorn movie. It's entertaining, um, but. Yeah, I think that the it's not necessarily the movie that that makes that number so big. I think it might just be kind of like, you know, the first thing somebody does when they get out of jail is they go to a restaurant or go do some stuff they wanted Mm -hmm. to go do the whole time. And here I think this is a perfect example of people just being done with the pandemic. Like they're going to the box office. They're going to the movie theater. They're they're Uh, just supporting AMC. They're AMC stock. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I'm a stockholder. No, I, I when I went, I did check in. I was like, "Hey, how's the popcorn machine that's running today?" They said they said it was good, and I said, "All right, well, let me know if I need to order another one." I do own I do own stock in AMC, so I'm kind of you kind of work for me. But hey, is everybody good? How's your How's your universe? yeah? I mean, I mean personally, I had stopped going to movies long before COVID. Right. I don't know. But it's, yeah, it's it's kind of a strange situation where it's almost an act of rebellion at this point to go to a movie, <laughs> yeah, and get lectured to. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so so was the Spider-Man movie? Was it a lecturing movie? Lecturing how? Like a woke? Like was is Spider-Man Spider-Girl now? I or didn't like. I is didn't. He, is he gay or? What's, I didn't watch it with like this idea in mind. Um, so I apologize to like, I didn't think that this would happen, that I'd be talking about this like this. Uh, but I, I will say this other than a few, there's okay, here, I'll, I'll give you a quick, quick rundown. No, it wasn't a lecturing thing. I think there is some like occult and like magic spell type of things in there that I don't think necessarily should be part of entertainment. I think, mm-hmm. uh, but aside from that, I noticed that Mary Jane is now, Multiculty, mixed race, probably half white, half black. Okay. Uh, and then one of his best friends is now Korean, I believe. So a little bit of just like I didn't see a lot of other than that though. Just some, mm-hmm. just some, just kind of mixing it up a little bit more with the uh, the races. But no, I don't believe there was any kind of somebody's gonna watch it and be like, no, this guy's an idiot. He didn't <laughs> clearly missed. Well, at least it wasn't stuff. like as obvious as most of the movies that have come out recently where it's, you know, it could kind of be a swing back the other way of like, Hey, we do want people to actually still watch movies. So maybe we shouldn't insult our audience at every, yes. (laughs) Well, a lecture to our audience at every turn there. Yeah. Well, in, it's kind of lame. Like the, the goal of, 
uh, Peter Parker is to get into uh, um, uh, MIT. <laughs> so oh, that's, yeah. that's a major subplot. He actually tries to like put a spell over the whole world so that he can get into MIT. So it's that that's kind of weird. It's like but, just give some, you know, just be friends with Jeffrey Epstein. He can get into <laughs> MIT easy peasy. Have you seen this video of meme stocks take over? No. Welcome to AMC. I'm going to help you. I'm here to see the GameStop documentary. That'll be half a Dogecoin, please. Great. Let me just send that over through my BlackBerry. It's crazy how they took over iPhone. <laughs> All right. What a comeback. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I believe my meme stock investments aren't aren't doing very well, Tim. No, I don't think so either. My meme stock investment's not going well either. And I don't think that's the point. Maybe they will never do well. But uh, Oh, I'm I'm holding or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Anyway, let me see. I was trying to find another clip, but if I find it, I'll throw it in at the end of the at the end of the episode. Are we at uh, your number, number one. one story yeah. of 2021? We are. So, um, let me see. I think there's no bigger story. There's no other way to look at this other than I can't find that clip. All right, I'll look at it later. I might throw it in and post. But here we go. Are you ready? Yep. Drum roll. <laughs> This comes from the New York Times, but this is Joe Biden's speech on vaccine mandates and the Delta variant. <laughs> Good evening, my fellow Americans. Blah, 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 blah. We've made considerable uh, progress battling COVID-19. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, My job as president is to protect all Americans. So tonight, I'm announcing the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week. Some of the biggest companies are already requiring this. United Airlines, Disney, Tyson Foods, Fox News. Bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from the unvaccinated co-workers. We're going to reduce the spread of COVID-19 by increasing the share of the workforce that is vaccinated in businesses all across America. My plan will extend to the vaccination requirements that I previously issued in the healthcare field. Already, I've announced we'll be requiring vaccinations at all nursing homes who treat patients in medical and excuse me, Medicare and Medicaid, because I do have federal authority. Tonight, I'm using the same authority to expand that to cover those who work in hospitals, home and health care facilities. Next, I will sign an executive order that will require all executive branch and federal employees to be vaccinated. All. I've just signed another executive order that will require federal contractors to do the same. If you want to work with the federal government and do business with us, get vaccinated. If you want to do business with the federal government, vaccinate your workforce. And tonight I'm removing one of the last remaining obstacles that make it difficult for people to get vaccinated. The Department of Labor will require employees with 100 or more workers to give those workers pay time off to get vaccinated. No one should pay to get have to pay. You get my point, but I think no story of this year was more important than that speech. I think that speech 
really catalyzed uh, a lot of people in my life in particular. So I may be jaded, but um, I, I remember the day specifically because I was just out walking the lot in Seattle looking mm-hmm. at the small amount of luxury cars that we had left to sell and trying to eke out a living. And uh, life was kind of just going on about as normal and just gotten back from a, a nice vacation. And my phone, like, I don't want to say blew up, but like within five minutes, I had like six to eight people text me. And it was like screenshots of this, links to this video. Nobody, most people not even saying anything, just sending it to me. And because they knew that that was a weird moment. That was a weird moment. This is a president of the United States who is uh, dividing people into two groups and then uh, trying to force people to take an injection into their bodies mm-hmm. um, to work, to be able <laughs> to go to work. Um, I and since then, uh, what's happened? Well, I quit my job. <laughs> I've moved 2000 miles away. Um, I'm looking for work, trying to change change my entire career. Um, it definitely affected me in a large way. Um, but more importantly than that, I could still be at that job and still be resisting and whatnot. But I don't want to be in a situation with like that where that sort of behavior is okay in that mm-hmm. area. That's kind of where the, the general feeling in Seattle was that, that that's cool. You know, no big deal. Let's start doing it at our own restaurants. I don't want to raise my children there. So anyway um, – yeah, that's it. That's my story. Uh, I, I think that the battle lines were drawn from that speech. I think it was one of the worst speeches an American president has ever made. Um, and if you are on the side of tyranny and, and uh, just getting vaccines so that you can travel and go about your life as normal or, you know, shooting up five to 11 year olds because you think that you know, that's going to somehow make you safe from some sort of asymptomatic spread so you don't get a cold with a 99% survival rate. I am not your friend. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, you know, the Lord told me to love my enemies and I will do my best, but we don't see eye to eye on that. Then we don't see eye to eye on much. And unfortunately, right. I think that that uh, division is still there, although a little more invisible, especially out here in the middle of America. Uh, but that is the single most ca- catalyzing event of uh, of 2021, and it really sets a tone moving forward, and not great tone moving forward. Yeah, that's my, that's my big story. Um, I would not say that that is exactly the reason I moved all the way over here, but it was a big part of it, a big step. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had actually prayed a lot about uh, just getting some signs about what God wanted us to do because we'd started to feel like he may want us to, to, to leave Seattle and uh, prayed for, <laughs> we actually prayed that we're a little stubborn. We're going to need to uh, a little hard headed. We're going to need some pretty big signs and uh, this speech the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I apologize, whatever role. I yeah, that's so. That's my number one uh, biggest story of the year. I think it uh, marked a kind of a turning point in uh, in the United States. Do you or do you not have control of your own body? And does the federal government have <laughs> have the ability to say you have to require 
an injection into your employee's body or you can't let them work. (laughs) Or a, you know, or a test. At at some level, it's, I don't care if it's an injection or a test or a glass of water. That's none of their business. Absolutely. Yep. And I got a good buddy who, you know, got fired from his job. They just walked, they, you know, they came in and walked him out because he refused to even tell him whether or not he'd been vaccinated because he didn't mm-hmm. think it was their business. Uh, the uh, the Supreme Court supposedly is going to hear this on January 6th, or they're going to decide whether or not they hear this on January 6th. Can the president make mandates? What do you think? Any Any hope for us? I think the Supreme Court showed that they're very much compromised. So they, I don't have a ton of hope. I guess the only hope or, you know, potential positive outcome is if the decision's been made, like we got to back off a little bit and take this from a different angle. Because uh, it, it kind of seems like they would have pushed the mandate through already if they mm-hmm. were, you know, now, I'm not saying they, that still might not happen, but... So this is from... Uh, C- sorry, CNN. Uh, on January 7th, the Supreme Court will hear oral arguments on the federal mandate for healthcare workers and testing or vaccine rules for larger employers. Uh, the justice justices scheduled expedited hearings in the cases, even though the lawsuits are still in preliminary stage where courts aren't making final rulings on the merit, but deciding whether or not mandates should be frozen while the litigation plays out. Yeah. So it's not going to be the final answer, of course, but uh, it'll be a big issue. So it, it it could be a way of like face saving for the federal government to say like, oh, the Supreme Court didn't let us do it. So, you know, and then then they can kind of like blame that decision on. COVID still being an issue, well, we would have taken care of it with that vaccine mandate, would have solved everything. But, you know, it's the Supreme Court's fault and those Trump justices. So it could have that angle. Um, or they could just say, oh, no, we're not going to hear that case. Um, it just goes into effect. You know, federal government does what it wants. So. All right. Or the fact that we made some some guy who didn't want a smallpox vaccine pay a five dollar fine a hundred years ago, we're going to say that that <laughs> that, that <laughs> means that the government can jab a needle into your arm whether you want it or not. So, all right, man. What's your top story? All right, <clears throat> top story comes from it it actually matches well with your your top story being the the division this is uh not the government dividing people into two parts so this is uh comes from will uh truth is stranger than fiction and it comes from his the video that he put together with uh pastor artur polowski the polish canadian pastor who uh, was, you know, who chased the Nazis out of his church and then was arrested in the middle of the street later on. 
uh, on a different occasion because he refused to stop holding church services in Canada. So this is uh, from The Empty Fence. As bad as this is looking right now, as bad as this situation is, I'm telling you, it's a good thing. About three years ago, he told me, and this is what he said, you're about to see the greatest separation between the sheep and the goats and sheep and the wolves. You see, just three, four years ago, you couldn't, you couldn't really tell who is the real deal, right? You couldn't tell, is this the real pastor? Because he talks the talk, but is he walking the talk? Is he the real deal? Now we know. About two years ago, he showed me a vision, and I don't have many visions, but when I do, they are very powerful, at least for me. Here's what I saw. I saw a very big fence, and I did not see the end of that fence. It was very powerful, and I knew in that vision that the fence represents the world. I also saw people sitting on that fence, and there was no end. I could not see the end, and there was a lot of people. And I saw two hands, two hands came, and they grabbed the fence, and they started violently to shake the fence. And I saw people falling to the left and to the right. Mm. When, when God was done, he spoke to me. I did not see any more people sitting on the fence, enjoying the view. He says, when I'm done, everyone will have to make a, a decision. Everyone will have to choose either me or the devil either life or death what are we seeing right now if not people choosing either god or the enemy my message to the pastors would be this who are you serving who is your boss who is your king of kings who is the lord of lords because if it's your governor it's not jesus if it's your mayor then it's not jesus because you see, I have a boss. My boss is not the Prime Minister of Canada. My boss is not the Member of Parliament, not the uh, MLA, not the Alderman, not the Mayor of the City. Even my bosses are not the people that I serve. And I quite often tell them that because I want to make sure they understand the message. Just because you're tithing, just because you're giving or blessing the church or me personally, that doesn't mean you own me. I will never allow you to have me on a leash whose son sets free is free indeed. You see, when I came to Jesus, I came to freedom and I will never allow a man to enslave me again. So I say to my people, you have to remember this. I do not work for you. I have a boss. And also I do not have employees anymore. You are volunteers just like me. You're working for the same kingdom just like me. You'll have the same father, just like me. We are equal in the eyes of God, forwarding the same kingdom for the same purpose. We work together. We may have different jobs to fulfill, different things to do, but we are equally created in the image of God. So don't you ever, don't you ever try to put me on the leash just because you're tithing. I'll never allow you. And you know, some people get offended and that's fine. There is the door. You can go and Zoom chat if you want. That's okay, that's fine. But I want to be surrounded with the real deal. I preach the gospel, we feed thousands of people on the streets of Calgary. You can check it out, streetchurch, streetchurch.ca. And 
we go, we uh, bring amazing food for them, we uh, bring worshipers and we preach and we have testimonies. Uh, it's absolutely amazing to hang around with the poor people and to give them hope and to feed them. But we all are volunteers. We all have a purpose to fulfill, a destiny to fulfill. And I think that's the problem with the Christianity of today. We have forgotten who our God is. And we do not know who we are in God. We are free to conquer our promised land that God has given it to us. If those pastors, if those leaders would understand who our God is, they would never shut down their churches. If they would know that they are missing their destiny, the time in the history, you see, every generation has a, a slot in the history. God has given us this slot in the timeline. And he says, who will rise up for us? Who will stand up against the iniquity? Who will go? And we have to only simply say few words. Listen to this. Only a few words. You don't have to be the most talented man. God owns all the talents. If he wants you to sing like a canary, he is able to do it. He doesn't, he doesn't want anything from you. Everything you need, he can give it to you. You can be the most knowledgeable man, the most the wisest, just like Solomon. You can be the most powerful, the richer, uh, uh, richest person on earth. All of that, all the cattle on all the thousand hills, all the silver, all the gold belongs to him. The only thing that God is looking from you and from me, those are the simple words. Here I am, Lord, use me. And that's what I've done. And I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm puzzled sometimes why God would use a man like me. Listen to my English. I said to him many times, if I was choosing someone uh, to be... Uh, to be on in a spotlight. My videos were watched billions of times. The video of me chasing those hyenas from the church, the Gestapo, the Nazis, uh, during Passover was watched over a billion times. That was the number one video during the Passover celebration, during the Easter weekend. And if I was God, I would definitely choose somebody else. But you see, thank God that I'm not God. Because if I was God, I would wipe you all out. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it. I would create the model number two, a lot better. So, but you see, I'm not God and thank God that I'm not God. Thank God that you're not God. Because God is a loving, merciful, amazing, filled with grace. God that died on the cross and rose from the grave. So, what I'm trying to say is, when you stand with God, when you do not betray God, God will come to the rescue every single time. Sometimes it will look differently than you have imagined. Sometimes the form that he comes for the answer is different than you would expect. But nevertheless, in the end of the day, we know how the story ends. We know that we win because God already won. So we got to keep plowing. I remember one time he said to me, your job is very simple. Remove the stones, plow the land, put the seed in. When the harvest comes, take the harvest to the stars and then repeat. Everything else is in the hands of God. I mean, that's very refreshing. We don't have to perform. We just have to obey. When I was growing up behind the Iron Curtain, 
I was growing up in hell on earth and young people, especially in the Western, Western world, do not understand what socialism, fascism and communism even means. Uh, they think it's equality. This has never been about equality. When you grow up under Soviets, there is elites, only a handful, and then there are the slaves. And those slaves, you can do whatever you want with them. You can arrest them. And there was this famous saying by the police, give us a man and we'll find something on, the, on, the, on that man. So young generation absolutely do not understand what we are dealing with. But the beauty of me growing up in Poland was to see the power of the unified force under the solidarity movement. And that's what gives me great hope, right? God is number one, but also an understanding that we can fight this if we will unite. And in 1981, 36 million Poles, this is what they said. Well, wait a second. There is more of us than of them. Why are we allowing the 50,000 communists to enslave us, our children, and our grandchildren? Why? The moment they said that and they took it to the streets, it was over for the communists. Literally, it was over. Yes. Tens of thousands were arrested. Some were shot, murdered. That's true. That's true. That happened. But the next year, in 1982, Poland got its freedom back. You want your country back? Bring God back to your country. You want your freedom? Bring the God of the freedom back into your country. You want your children back? bring back the Bibles, bring back the prayers to the schools. You want your justice system back? Bring the Ten Commandments to the courthouses, to the judges. I'm telling you, we can do it. I'm that, I think that was the, the story of the year, the, the empty fence, the sides being drawn. And 2022, I think we're, you know... It's going to be a battle, um, but at least, at least now we know who our friends are and who our enemies are. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's right. I think that's uh, that's exactly right. So, and you know, and, and battle doesn't hopefully mean physical conflict, uh, but you know, it means can you build a a parallel system so that you and your neighbors don't starve to death, you know, so that the cyber pandemic doesn't wipe out your means of communicating with people, you know, so that whatever tricks they're up to, you know, that obviously not all of us are going to make it through it, but hopefully uh, enough people that know the truth will, will make it through and hopefully be able to, rebuild on the other side so whether that's a year from now or 10 years from now or 100 years from now wow yeah yeah i i couldn't agree more my friend i think that uh battle lines are drawn especially considering the mandate but also even spiritually like you said that's uh mm-hmm. it's kind of a good follow-up to uh, my story of the year so, uh, 
And the and you could tell uh, I, go ahead. You could tell what side your your pastor's on, you could tell what side your uh doctor's on, you know, and it's hopefully it's still easier to find a pastor that's on on our side uh than it is to find a doctor that's on our side, but uh you know, it's getting getting tough to find either one. But you know, it's we we got to figure it out. We got to figure out, uh, I guess, non-prescription drug solutions for sickness and you know nutrition solution for for health. And you know maybe a, a church solution without a that doesn't look the same as as you know just finding some place to go on Sundays although I, th- I still think that's it's where you start but maybe you're in a place where that really isn't there and you you find a couple other like-minded families and you meet with them you know it's I think there's the church will always be there and persecution is is actually usually a good thing for the church so Yeah, that's. I think that's unfortunately true. And uh, one of the ways that people have been divided, I don't know if they know it's between good kind of going along with tyranny and standing up against it or going along with the world or standing up for God uh, is just uh, just kind of laziness overall. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of uh, just wanting to continue. Oh, I just want to keep on keeping on, you know, just. If I got to get the vaccine, I'll, I'll do it, you know, just so <laughs> that I can, you know, keep my job. And I did see a lot of people like that. And, hey, maybe there's even people like that listening to the show. And maybe they woke up and realized there wasn't uh, that wasn't the way to go. Because um, there doesn't seem to be any end in sight to it. And I no. think the, en- the enemy of the American people, and especially the enemy of American Christians is of course satan and the friends of epstein servants of satan <laughs> but i also think the main enemy is comfort just being comfortable just hanging out being comfortable just keep on keeping on trying to protect your way of life um the normalcy bias a normalcy bias yeah in in a, in a healthy society they'll sacrifice the future of, of the elderly they're those they'll, they'll sacrifice the elderly or the elderly will sacrifice themselves for the future of the children. But, uh, I think this is not a healthy society. <laughs> this is definitely not a healthy society. No. We are sacrificing the children for more of the status quo. And that that's like what people think they're doing. <laughs> it's not even, we're not even getting any any good for anybody. Yeah. Other than if you're a board member of Pfizer, that's about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that, let's uh, hit the donations. We'll get to predictions and get out of here. As you may have noticed, we did not take any donations throughout this whole show. Excuse me. We did not take any ad money. This this podcast is not brought to you by Pfizer. We have not signed a $100 million contract with Spotify. Uh, we are not going to tell you about MeUndies, the softest uh, underwear around, or what's uh, MyPillow. Apparently, they have sheets on MyPillow that everybody in the alternative media likes to buy. 
none of those things. We are just going to tell you that we are supported by you. So Andrew and I have taken a vows of poverty and decided that we're only going to take donations from uh, from listeners and we're not going to do any sponsors. Uh, full disclosure, nobody's reached out to us for any sponsorships. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, first off, I want to thank... Uh, if we get an offer from the, the grass-fed beef liver guys, <laughs> it'd be tempting. Okay. Uh, first off, we want to thank Ed... Ed is from Waxaw, North Carolina, and he is often donating. He sent us $25 just before Christmas, and we we want to thank you. Also, uh, our friend John from over there in the Berkshire, UK, Swallowfield, Berkshire, UK. John sent us uh, $10, and I believe that's a recurring donation. Yeah, that's a recurring payment from him. So thank you, John. Thank you, John. Um, And uh, Matthew. Uh, M-A-T-H-I-E-U Matthew uh, Gentleman is from First time donating that I know of And he is from Castelo Branco Portugal Castelo Branco Portugal I'm sure I butchered that But thank you so much for donating He came in uh, day after Christmas And gave us $100 So thank you so much Matthew For donating to the show and supporting us uh, huge yeah. thanks there. I think that might be our first Portugal donation. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and then our good friend Danny over there in uh, Medford, Oregon. Danny the idiot. Danny, the uh, the awesome, <laughs> came in with $25 as he is wont to do. He is very often coming in with $25. I believe every show for last six months has been sponsored by Danny for an amount of $25 and we just want to thank him very much next up let's get Kenneth Kenneth is from Lance Pennsylvania so Kenneth thank you for donating he gave us $25 I appreciate you that might be our first donation from the country of Pennsylvania too I believe that's true too I don't know (laughs) I don't recognize that that uh, name at all Uh, and then let's see this last Emily from Parts Unknown came in with ten dollars. That is definitely a recurring donation from her. But then we also got a new one, another new one from Devin uh, for five dollars. So Devin, uh, Parts Unknown for five dollars. Thank, you, Thank you so much for that donation as well. Uh, I did have some uh, interesting news this morning. I made it over to the post office here, so I have a post office box for us. And if you would like to donate to the post office box and you don't hear this or you can't get back to it, you can always go to revelationsradionews.com backslash support. And there you will see is the New World Order Eugenics Wars books. Um, there is a donate with PayPal. And just below that says send money via the USPS. And you can send it to yours truly, Timothy Kilkenny, P.O. Box 11. 51 Newcastle, Oklahoma 73065. So that's PO box 1151 Newcastle, Oklahoma 73065. Also, I was able to cash this check magically last month, but please make checks out to Timothy Kilkenny. Um I don't want uh anything made out to Andrew because then I'll have to send it to him and then he'll have to cash it and then just keep it simple. Um but I also don't want Revelations Radio News. Last 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 month, I was able to somehow, via the phone app, cash a check that was addressed to Revelations Radio News. And I don't know, make it kick back. So please write it to me uh, so that I can make sure to get it cashed and 
and deposited and all of that good stuff. So uh, we also have XRP, Bitcoin, Litecoin. If there's any other kind of money that you would like us to uh, to, to take uh, as far as crypto, let us know and we will be happy to uh, send you our wallet. Any thoughts on the donations there, Andrew? Oh, it's great. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. I was, uh, it was all surprise to me. So that's what was the surprise? Good. All these donations? Yeah. 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 Pl- pleasant surprise. You know, it's it's a reminder that someone out there is listening. So Absolutely. Let's not forget. Andrew famously said that I may have wasted my money on the P.O. box back in uh, just April of this last year. And, yeah. Well, we got the, everybody out there. Got a new him. P.O. box to pay for. Yep. <laughs> Everybody out there proved him wrong within a, a, just a couple short weeks, but now we got a new PO box to pay for, which is uh, which I'm sure we'll be able to figure out. So anyway, uh, it's right next to a uh, famous meat store here in in Newcastle. I'm barely oh, even really? in New, yeah, I'm barely even in Newcastle. So I'll keep the mystery alive on where exactly I ended up because I don't even know to be honest with you. We still have not found our forever home. So please pray for us that we will and uh, pray for me to get gainfully employed and uh, pray for the Hoffman household as they are experiencing the holidays with no family. Although I hear there's two new members to the Hoffman family lately. <laughs> two new uh, two new kittens that are, yeah, you know, if you, if you want uh, mischievous cat stories, um, I'm building them up fast, so... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds they, good. They can climb the Christmas tree, which causes some problems. So, and not quite as uh, you know, litter box trained as we were told they were. So that's kittens are kittens. Yeah. You get a you get a kitten, you get a puppy, you get poop in the house. Yeah. <laughs> the end. Yeah. <laughs> well, congrats though. It's got to be cool with the kids. So yeah. Well. I'm not quite to the point of letting them out the back door and and letting you know nature take its course with the the coyotes out there, but uh, you know we'll we'll see. <laughs> because there are two of them, so one of them might have to learn learn a hard lesson. But and this week on the Hunger Games <laughs> Hoffman edition, we'll see if the kittens have made it through another week. Yeah. All right. Let's get to predictions. I went first on stories. Why don't you go first on predictions, Mr. Hoffman? What do we got? What's coming in 2022? 2022 is, like I was saying, the, the battle lines are drawn. And so we will see. Uh, I think there will be hardship with the kind of ongoing collapse of the old system, whether it's the financial system, the medical system, the media system, all of it's going to come down. And we just see if we replace it with something better or with the, or what the world economic forum wants to replace it with. And, a you know, the medical surveillance security state on steroids. So uh, it's certainly going to be an interesting year. And, you know, it, as far as something specific within that, I don't know. You think? Well, I can't. I can't predict the end of 
our podcast because that would be, you know, we I could make that happen. So <laughs> and I, I don't want it to happen. So, yeah. but, uh, you know, I, I think it will be a memorable year. And as far as, you know, things in 2020, when we're getting ready to start 2023, um, could look very different from what they do now. But not altogether, you know. It, it, it's not like it's not like uh, the classic man on the street interview where they say, "I never thought my neighbor would shoot a bunch of people." You know, it's like we're not going to be saying, "I never thought that the financial system would collapse," or "I never thought the healthcare system would collapse." Now, I mean, you could see it coming. You just don't know what it's going to look like, what the trigger is going to be, and what the results are going to be so sure yeah no i agree with that a hundred percent um i did a lot of thinking about this and have been thinking about this so my prediction for the upcoming year i, I went back and forth on it and this is going to sound like a non-prediction but let me let me let me categorize by saying more trauma-based mind control was my prediction and what I mean by that is more trauma-based, 9-11 type, COVID-19 type, locked in your homes for two weeks, you know, which went on to a month, which went on to, you know, now wear a mask everywhere. I think, and I, I kind of predicted that was going to be like, the, it'll be trauma-based mind control based on the internet goes down or the old power grid is off or Russia invades Ukraine or World War Three starts or there's a new pandemic that's actually way more deadly than Omicron. So um, what I, my prediction, though, actually is after thinking about this for a little bit, praying about it. And I, I'm, I'm no prophet prophet by any stretch of the imagination, but just I believe there will be no more trauma based mind control, at least not. 2022. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out and say that no catalyzing event, no trauma-based mind control for 2022. I think it's too... The goal is 2030, right? They want World Economic Forum wants to get in by 2030. I feel like there is terrible evil power in letting things go back to a new semblance of normal and then have it come crashing down on us yet again. Hmm. So I believe 2022 will be a small respite in this... Uh, full-on onslaught of the new world order and uh, people will uh, get back to living somewhat normal lives i do think there will be there will continue to be more uh while not catalyzing events but just more division reaped within the american system i don't think the battle lines are drawn yet where people are ready to take up a gun or have their neighbors arrested you know fight with their neighbors the battle lines haven't reached that point yet so i think they're going to continue to try and use social media and other um, tools at their disposal to further the division lines of uh, Americans and, and, and people worldwide. Those who went with it, went along with it, and those who don't want to. Just a furthering of division lines and a, and a more kind of shaking of the fence, like you said. People are going to fall on one side of the fence or the other, whether it comes to vaccine mandates or choosing comfort of this world versus... Uh, uh, the one true God. Yeah. Well, we'll see. That's actually a very bold prediction that there won't be any big events in 2022. And I don't mean, but I, I, I sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a bold prediction. Yeah. <laughs> but my, I'm, the way I'll couch this is I was I think James is on to something with the cyber pandemic. We'll get maybe mm-hmm. some more cyber pandemic stuff. Or I think, you know, that they're going to release another virus sometime soon. There certainly seems to be a lot of smoke around the smallpox theory. Um, but I don't maybe maybe none of those happen. Maybe none of those happen. We have a great year. Uh, but a little bit more division is is reaped, and uh, we can try to reap peace amongst those friends and family that we have to uh, to speak with and influence around us. So, yeah, well, so the the system is trying to kind of extend what they've already done, I guess, is kind of your theory, and yeah, try to put people back asleep or get them further in in the trance. So. That's it. That's it. Well, buddy, <laughs> it's been quite a year. I appreciate you. I'll lift my imaginary glass full of imaginary champagne. It's actually a water bottle full of uh, freshly filtered water <coughs> up in the air to you, Mr. Hoffman, and to the Hoffman household. May uh, the Lord bless you in the coming year. Thank you for doing the show with me. Thank you for starting back up in January and doing a show almost every week up until our month off where we had to move. Um, I, I appreciate you as a friend, and I'm happy to be on this journey with you and excited that we're only, at this point, 45 minutes away from each other. So yeah. to many, many golf outings, and family getting together where we do know who our real friends are from the uh, past couple of uh, years. We'll have to go eat some barbecue soon. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> so I, I lift my my cup to you, in uh, or my bottle, and say <laughs> cheers and cheers to everybody out there as well. Hope you all have a happy new year. Hope that you and your family have a great time together. In a in a people are all that's important, really. All this other stuff, the politics and everything else. It's uh, it's all just kind of window dressing for having a real relationship with God and. Uh, loving your neighbor you know we every year we watch uh there's a couple movies we watch and it's a wonderful life is one of them and uh no man is rich who has uh no man is poor who has friends and uh i think that is the absolutely true statement and uh, i think that we have an opportunity to love those people around us and really the only control we have over anything is over ourselves and how we act and so i encourage everybody to uh Remember that and act accordingly in the coming year. And uh, happy 2022 to everyone. Happy 2022. And what a good friend. You didn't even reference the Oklahoma-Oregon game. (laughs) (laughs) Just doing my best. (laughs) All right, buddy. Well, uh, I'll see you again next year. Yeah, next year. We'll do another show next year. That's the... As far as the guarantees will extend. So. <laughs> well, I got some kids that are making a bunch of racket now that I got to go love. So I will. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll stop it there for 2021. All right. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, man. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com 
and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say That the churches, they were threatened, the pastors were blackmailed, um, attacked viciously, especially in my country when we were arrested and ticketed and end up in front of different corrupted judges over and over. So the fear is a real thing. And we have to remember that God has never given us a spirit of fear, but of love and sound mind. But he also said something very powerful in Hebrews 10:25. He says, "And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near." In other words, God is reminding us again, 2,000 years later, since probably those words were penned. Do not forsake the gatherings of the saints. Why? Because, first of all, I am commanding you, do not do it. But second, that the mathematics of God is multiplying. One can do a thousand, but two can do ten thousand. You see, we, we are very limited in our understanding. When we come together, when one plus one is always two, but God says one in with me it's a thousand, but two in unity and me it's ten thousand. That's why the enemy is so afraid. The enemy doesn't want us to come together and meet together because you see the multiplication that happens when the church comes together. We outnumber the demons and the enemy when we come together and that's why they're so terrified of our meeting so i say to you do not stop meeting when the government tells you do not you say get out and <laughs> pretty much pretty Absolutely. much that's that's the message of that video during the passover the easter celebration i people say to me oh you're a hero you did this i said no i don't feel like a hero I did what every pastor, every priest, every rabbi was supposed to do. Get rid of those uh, hyenas, those wolves from the pen, from, from the sheep, from the house of, you know, the, the holy place, the holy sanctuary. I mean, who those uncircumcised Philistines think they are? What I've done is what every pastor is supposed to be doing. And that's a very simple message. So first thing you have to do is you have to say to the devil, no, that's it, I'm stopping you, I'm telling you not an inch, I'm drawing a line, no, and get out, get out you devils, get out from my church, get out from my restaurant, get out from my business, get out from my family, get out from my school, get out from my white house, you devils, who do you think you are, you uncircumcised Philistines? get out in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If every Christian did that, if every father, every mother did that, this whole craziness would be over.
Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon, shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. <laughs>